Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode looking at life at Hobridge School. In this episode, we meet Jamie Clements, founder of The Breath Space. We find out what The Breath Space is, what it offers and how it contributes to people's well-being. We talk to Jamie about his own podcast and we discover some of his memories of Hobridge School. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, we all need a bit of breathing space, but tell us about the breath space. Yes. So I discovered breathwork as a, a practice about four, four and a half years ago. And I kind of went on this weird and wonderful journey with it, practicing lots of different styles of breathing, um, which might sound a little bit strange to, to some people, but there is so much, you know, we have these four parts of the breath in the pause at the top, the exhale and the pause at the bottom. But within those four parts, there's so many different things that we can do. And so I yeah, really dove deep into the weird and wonderful world of breathwork. And it changed my life for want of a better phrase, my mental health, my physical health. And I just felt very called to share that with with other people. So I, I trained and done a number of different qualifications around breathwork. And then I launched the breath space about two and a half years ago. And the breath space is really about sharing that knowledge and sharing these practices with as many people as possible to, to help them help themselves. So yeah, that's the, the short version of uh, what the breath space is. So what is it? Is it a physical space or is it a virtual space? It's a, a brand, I suppose. It's, um, it's a virtual space. So I, I do in-person events. I work with people one-to-one. I work with businesses. I work with schools. I work with all kinds of organisations and individuals either online or in person to to bring them the the magic of breathwork so yeah it's kind of the, the business is the breath space but it's really it's just sort of it's me at the end of the day kind of bringing bringing my skills and, and my knowledge to to lots of different people was it quite a, a big deal to start your own business and to try and attract clients it's not easy in these days is it i, th- I think probably if you ask my parents or some of my friends I probably should have been more scared than I was, I think is probably the honest truth. I think I was maybe, I was full of passion for it and full of courage and um, ambition. I've always been ambitious, but yeah, particularly with this, where I was so personally passionate about what I was doing, it, it really was a bit of a bit of fearlessness in there. But yeah, I, it was a big leap of faith, I think, in in a weird way, the the pandemic helped because people started to take a little bit more awareness of their their physical mental and emotional health and obviously with with covid being a respiratory illness all of a sudden people were much more aware of the the need to breathe in a healthy way and so i think that certainly helped draw attention to the world of breathwork and i think we've seen this sort of slightly meteoric rise in terms of the amount of conversations happening about the topic so yeah it was it was certainly a, it was a big step for me coming out of quite a traditional working life to go all in on something that I, I cared so much about but I think because I do care so much about it it made it slightly less daunting because I was like well even if it doesn't work out I'm doing something that I love and luckily so far Touchwood, it's all it's all worked out pretty well. So it's a while since you left Overridge School tell us about that journey how did you get from there to now? <laughs> yeah it's, it has been a while it's making me feel old potentially <laughs> oh. <laughs> no 
So I left Hobridge for, I want to say, probably 2007, around that sort of time. And probably even, yeah, I think it must have been around then. And I went to senior school in Guildford. I went to RGS Guildford and had a brilliant time there. Uh, fantastic school, uh, brilliant academics, brilliant sport. I played a lot of sport at Hobridge and and uh, at RGS. And I think I, I went through, again, quite a traditional, typical journey there. I was enjoying my studies. I was I was I had, had good friends and, and, and a good kind of social life. And then I left RGS at 18 and I went to Durham University. I studied economics. I played a lot of I, rugby was my sport in in the end. So I played a lot of rugby up there, which was fantastic. Yeah, studied economics for three years. And then over the course of my studies, did a, a couple of internships and a bit of work experience in the, the wonderful world of finance. So I, I had grand ambitions of, I don't even know if I call them ambitions, grand desires of, of becoming an investment banker. I think uh, my, my dad has has always and continues to work in in finance and so it was i i was a little bit blinkered in in the sense that i i didn't really know that anything else existed in in terms of what i could do for work and i you know I, i'd always been pretty good at maths and so it just sort of it made sense and then i decided i didn't want to do that through those work experience times i was like maybe this isn't for me it didn't feel right and um i left durham and had about six months of, of being at home, figuring out what it was that I did want to do and found a, a job or, or got myself a job at a, a technology startup, financial technology startup. So they were doing mobile payment software and it was a little bit more exciting. It was a smaller company. It was only about 25 people. Um, and I started off working in, in sales and account management and marketing and sort of doing a bit of a just it was it was interesting to me compared to what I'd done before. It was quite exciting and fast moving, and I've always enjoyed talking to people and building relationships. So it seemed like a good fit, whilst also somewhat honouring my background in economics, sort of staying in the world of finance loosely. And I worked in in and out of startups of a similar nature for about six or seven years, until about eighteen months ago, which seems like in in the grand scheme of things, seems like a very long time ago. A lot has changed. Yeah, I, I uh, left. I left my job at the, at the start of last year, end of the the year before, and yeah, I decided to go all all in on uh, on my business. And I think for me, a lot of a lot of the I guess the theme of probably for me the age of fifteen to twenty five, this ten year window was up and down, but characterized quite broadly by struggles with, with my own mental health. So I, I struggled quite, quite badly with depression, anxiety and, and panic attacks towards the, the latter stages of that period. And ultimately, that was what drove me to discover breathwork. It was what also drove me to leave a couple of jobs and ultimately what drove me to change path and, and find myself where I found myself the last couple of years doing something that is a little bit unconventional given my given my kind of upbringing and given what I what I did at school and university but something that feels very much like me and I now have a life that that brings me a lot of a lot of happiness and a lot of fulfillment so that's that to me is is success you know we all have different visions of what success is and different definitions but that to me feels like 
success. So I'm, yeah, very happy with where I'm at. But that was, yeah, the, the loose journey from, from Highbridge to, to where I find myself sat here now. It's almost like the world has come to you, actually, because I think if you tried to do that 10, 20 years ago, it would have been frowned on. And what's he doing? Some newfound, you know, weird stuff. You know, he plays rugby, he needs to be in finance. You know, so, And now, actually, the world has completely changed, hasn't it? And we're, we're all looking much more to ourselves and our own well-being, which, which brings me to your own podcast, which is called man down i think i can guess but tell us what sort of subjects does it cover and, and why did you start it yeah so so man down was was born at a similar time to to the breath space so i was i was very passionate at that time about both breath work but also mental health and emotional health as a broader topic and i through my own experiences with my mental health and experiences of, of friends of mine from school and from from university just saw a real a real issue and a, a lot of challenges for for young men and their mental health stats around, you know, male suicide and, and male mental health are pretty, pretty shocking and pretty staggering, but now quite well documented. And I just wanted to really out of a sense of, I guess, a slight sense of mission, but also curiosity, figure out why, why we are seeing what we're seeing with, with young men struggling with their mental health so significantly. And so Man Down, to give it its kind of full, full title, Man Down, the anti-man up movement. So it was about kind of looking at this concept of, you know, young boys being told to man up and be a man and not to show emotion and not to feel ultimately. That tells the story of a lot of what's underlying what we see with, with male mental health is this idea that you're not supposed to feel and you know, I, I now know all too well the, the the detrimental effects of that. And so the podcast was sitting down with sometimes just me talking, but usually with a guest talking about who they are, what they do, their experiences of their mental health and how they got to where they are now to really hold a mirror up to the listener and say, you know, this is a, a man that you might see on social media or you might meet in a, a pub and think, wow, this guy is He's impressive. He's successful. He's, you know, got a family. He's got a job. Like all of these things that make up our identities. But also, he has this story, and he's had struggles, and he's talking about his emotions. And those two things can coexist. It doesn't have to be success and power at the expense of feeling and talking about those feelings. It doesn't make you any less of a man. And so that was the yeah the purpose of the podcast. And I was yeah very grateful to to have I think I ended up doing about 65 episodes over the course of two years with some incredible individuals some celebrities some some really fascinating people so yeah I, I enjoy that side of, of my work very very much as well. Do you still dip into that now is it still going or are you busy with your your other world? Yeah it's it, the last episode I recorded was in November and it's on a hiatus sort of an indefinite hiatus just because my other life got very busy very quickly and uh, you know I have to practice what I preach in terms of looking after myself and so I took a step back from the thing that made the the most sense to step back from but I think the the wonderful thing about podcasts is you know those episodes are still you know they're still live they're still on Spotify they're still out in the world and hopefully still helping people still reaching people and I can always start up again. You know, I, I still I still have my passion for it. And I still think it's an important topic that, that needs to continue to be spoken about. But I, I also know through the podcast that there are some brilliant men that I trust very deeply who are continuing to fly that flag. So I don't feel like, you know, I'd love to add to that. But I think I'm able to add to that through 
other areas of my work as well. So maybe one day, mm. but um, not for the time being. So I was just going to ask you, perhaps, I think I probably know some of this, but if you were to go back to Hobridge School now and you were to talk to some of the pupils about being an adult and expectations, what would your sort of top three pieces of advice be now? Oh, I, I think you're right in terms of times have now changed. So I think actually maybe 10, maybe when I was at school, the advice that I would give probably wouldn't have been very well received by the teachers because I think I'm very much of an opinion of allowing people allowing children to find their find their own path whatever that path might be and I don't actually think our school system is particularly well suited to that so my advice would be I think firstly to really focus on and throw themselves into whatever it is that they love so that might be art that might be drama that might be maths and almost you know, and this is much easier said than done, but not really worrying too much about what other people think of that and following following your heart and following your nose in terms of your passions, I think is is number one, because I feel like for me, I ended up going down a path that I thought there was a lot of shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. I should do this. And that's all coming from outside of me. None of that was coming from inside of me. So I think giving children and pupils the autonomy to to get to know themselves and then follow that and, and setting up a school system that actually enables that. So that would be be my first point. I think my second point is just something I wish that I'd been told at a young age. And maybe I was told it and I just didn't listen. But it's about consistency. I have noticed in the last three years that, as you said, you know, the world has come to me and I've been very lucky. But ultimately, it's it's been a case of consistent grit and and just putting in the work even when you don't want to put in the work and and knowing that even if you find that passion and follow that passion that there will be days where you get out of bed and you don't feel like it and those are the days where you really do have to just do it just do something to move you one step forward and I think thirdly the advice that I this I think I could probably give you a long list of a piece of advice but I think that the final thing I would say would be to to allow yourself to make mistakes and to be okay with your mistakes because, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but without, there is no light without the darkness. So if you never fail, then you don't really know what success looks like because every, if you always succeed in everything that you do, you're kind of like, oh, well, this is just normal. And then when failure does come, it seems overwhelming. And so actually embracing mistakes and, and using every mistake as a lesson and always failing forward, I think, is is a really, you know, again, much easier said than done. But a really important mindset to, to have is just, you know, it might feel in the moment like the world is ending. But we all know that the world doesn't end when we make a mistake, ultimately, and we always come out the other side. So, yeah, kind of that great quote of this too shall pass and always knowing that the, the clouds will clear regardless of how you feel or how you think about a certain situation. Really great advice there. I'm going to ask you now to dig deep, go back to the 2007-ish and tell me some of your happy times at Hobridge. What do you remember? Do you, do you still remember the smell or the look or the feel? What do you remember? I, I think some of the most vivid memories for me, and I, I've not been back in well over 10 years, so I know... Too long. To way too long. <laughs> I, I know that, you know, times have changed and, and development has happened beyond anything that I would recognise, but... For me, it was being on the being on the AstroTurf playing football is the clearest memory for me, without a doubt. I was a very, it's an interesting journey that I've been on. I was a very short-tempered, competitive, 
young man. In a way, I'm grateful for it because it gave me a lot of what, you know, where I am now. I have a much longer fuse at this point in my life. But I just remember just having a brilliant time running around, just getting overwhelmingly sweaty at lunchtime playing football. That for me is a really, really, really special memory. I actually, there's two, two friends of mine who I went to RGS with, who I also went to Hobridge with, who I'm seeing on Saturday, who I'm still friends with to this day. And so I do, I have very clear, obviously clear memories with them. And I often have to remind myself, I've, I've known those two for the best part of 23, 24 years now. And that is, when I reflect on it, is kind of mind blowing. So that is definitely a, a, a part of it is actually having those those anchors to that time for me as well. And then when I, I remember really, really clearly, um, and it must be just one of those things that sticks out, but there was there were a couple of like porter cabins that were being used as classrooms at the time. And it was that thing at school where the teacher was late and then the clock kept ticking and the teacher still wasn't there. And you're like, what, what time What time do we let it get to before mayhem just breaks out and we decide that they're not coming? And there's one that just sticks out so clearly. And yeah, I won't go into the details, but it was just, just fun, just like boys having fun. And it was just, yeah, it was a real, a real laugh. And then when I got the email, uh, the message from Mr. Lowry a couple of weeks back, that flooded back a, a lot of memories. I was like, <laughs> it was just like a, a real blast from the past. And I remember he, he you know, I, I'm sure, I hope he'll know, but yeah, he was, he was someone that I always got on very well with. And I remember having a lot of laughs with. So um, when I saw that it was him, I saw a message, it was a message on Facebook from Hobridge School's account. And then I saw that it was from, from him. And I was like, I was glad to see that it was from him because I was, it really brought me back. And I was like, oh, he's still, he's still in, he's still there. And, you know, yeah, it brought back all of those, those positive memories for me. So yeah, a few, yeah, relatively fuzzy, but very happy memories there. They have some exciting news as well, because Hobridge are now extending to GCSE. What would you have thought of that if you were still there? Would that have excited you? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think we had such a good group, you know, it was such a strong year group I'm sure as most year groups probably feel about themselves you know we're the best year and all of this stuff and yeah I, I feel like it would have been a really interesting thing and exciting and I think when you're at school any big change is just exciting I think you know as you get older you start to take into account like the logistics of the situation and all of these life gets a bit serious but when you're that age you're just like oh this is going to be new and new is exciting whereas as you get older new becomes a little bit scary and change becomes uncertain and you have to think about your responsibilities but yeah I think it would have been really exciting and I yeah I, I'm sure it will be a, a great success as well. Well I can't let you go before you let me have some tips on breathing then yes. this is your life now so can you <laughs> Give me anything I can do. I don't want to take away from your business because clearly I need to book. But uh, is there anything small you can offer us? Absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose that should have been one of my pieces of advice because I would. Yeah, I, I love working with with schools on, on this kind of thing to actually say this doesn't need to be complicated, but you can the earlier you get to people with this information, the better. I actually, my mum was was here for lunch today just before we, we sat down. And it's the first time she, she's had a bit of a, a tight chest and she actually sat down and she was like, I need some, some work tips. And I was like, it's going to cost you. <laughs> um, and I, th I, th I thought she was joking um, and she was totally serious. And it was actually really nice. It was a nice bonding experience to go put my professional hat on. So my, okay, what tips can I give that'll be 
short, sharp and impactful. So my number one tip to everybody is about the basics of breathing in terms of how we breathe day to day, moment to moment. So fundamental tip number one um, is nose versus mouth. Where possible, you always want to be breathing in and out of your nose. It helps to naturally calm the nervous system, helps to naturally slow the breath down, which keeps us calm and balanced. Lots of people in today's society especially suffer from chronic stress, which is just an overactivation of our nervous system. So we can use the breath to, to bring us back into a greater sense of calm and balance. And the second part of that is belly versus chest. And so you want to also be breathing into your belly. So breathing low and breathing slow through the nose is, you know, a surefire way to just help yourself at a very simple level. And then the final tip that I'll give is about your inhale versus your exhale. So our inhale naturally increases our heart rate and our exhale slows the heart rate down. So we think we have this, you know, a heart rate of 60 beats per minute, for example, but actually that is made up of lots of small variances where it gets slightly quicker on the inhale, slightly quicker, uh, slower on the exhale, and it averages out at whatever our resting heart rate is. So with that in mind, if you can make your exhale longer than your inhale, then you're going to be calming yourself more. So if you ever feel overstimulated, over anxious, overly stressed, long exhales combined with the belly and the nose is just going to help you. It helps with things like sleep, with anxiety, with uh, stress, with all sorts. It's just a natural, simple remedy that we have kind of right under our noses. So yeah, that would be kind of my starting points for anybody. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) You've calmed me down completely. That's uh, fantastic advice. And specifically, I was just thinking, of course, with the schools about to go into exam time, that is going to be some very, very useful advice. So thank you. It's been wonderful to talk to you today and take you back a little bit down memory lane and very good luck uh, for the future. You've obviously found your perfect thing in life. Thank you very much, Tracy. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, hobridgeschool.co.uk. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.